inside 50. Going without it was French. Neil Bullen is able to mop it up. Goal assist a few moments ago. He might get it back here. No, it's French to Cozzy Pickett. And it's three in a row. And they are out of the blocks like Usain Bolt. With a high ball. Big Ben Brown's underneath it. Barris with the spoil. Jackson. Dearly loved one. Stolen by Pickett. He picked his pocket. And he popped it through from the pocket. Hello and welcome to Attention to Detail, the podcast for D's fans, by D's fans, as we hold on for dear life aboard the roller coaster ride that is Barracan for the Melbourne Football Club. This episode is proudly brought to you by Hop Hand Brewing and Valley Electrical Group. Well, Simo, we are live. It is currently half time at the D's clash against West Coast in the West. How have you found the game so far? It's been a uh, reasonably one-sided first quarter, although the second quarter, I think the West Coast kind of lifted the intensity and stemmed the flow of goals that the D's managed to get on top of in the first. Yeah, definitely. It was 6-4 well, to, to the one goal after they kicked the first one. I was thinking, gee, the Eagles have actually come to play at the start, and then we just got a game going, which was good to see. Then, yeah, a bit of a weird one in the second quarter. We... I don't know, a couple of squandered opportunities. I think yeah, a few, couple of little pot shots from Petrarca here and there. I think he's kicked three points now, actually. So nice for him to... One goal? Oh, sorry. Yeah, he did kick yeah. a goal too. So yeah, yeah, he's missed a few opportunities. But yeah, hopefully we get back into the swing of things in the in the second half. But 1-5 in the second quarter, mate. Yeah, a bit of a bit of a stale quarter, that one. I think West Coast just really... Yeah, just trying to grind out the game and just make it boring, really. I, think I, was, a, I was half nodding <laughs> off, to be honest. <laughs> no, they really did. And I think some of those D's chances, were, there's definitely a couple there that were gettable as well, but plus a couple of pot shots as well, too. I think the D's, especially in the first quarter, worked their way into it a little bit more after the first five, six minutes. I don't think probably we saw West Coast coming out sort of with that sort of intensity there, and they certainly moved the ball I say pretty daringly in those first few minutes, but then after that, the D's put the clamps right on. You can see what they're trying to do, even throughout the second quarter as well, too. Just trying to switch the ball and make our defenders run and really be accountable. And, and when when the option's there, and if the kicker is willing to take it, using the corridor, but they are really second-guessing themselves as well, too. And you can hear the fans as well in the background every time they switch from side to yeah, side and they don't that. take they don't take that 45 in the corridor. It's uh, Yeah, you can hear the fans getting pretty frustrated over there, but... Couple of notable uh, performances so far. I think Cozzy, you and me, firing off texts. Second straight week where he's had a absolute ripper first quarter. Uh, what, what did he get the the eight or nine disposals in that first quarter plus a couple of goals? He did, yeah. Well, it was it was a weird thing too because I mean, sorry to sort of put the dampener on him, but you know he has these big stars. It's a matter of you know him doing it again. But I think yeah. Yeah, you know, once the players had that sort of impact, you'd look you'd looking to lock him down out of the game pretty quick. So yeah, he's had the eight, eight and two, two X in a row, fast start for him and you know, can only, you know, impact the scoreboard and help us or set us up for a win. So yeah. Yeah, to go in at half time, fifty one to nine, one goal conceded, and that was in the first three, four minutes of the game. So yeah, defense is sound. They're the only thing they've got really with the footy is just chipping the bloody thing around and they are pretty hesitant to try and hit that corridor, which, you know, we, we do clog up. And, yeah, it's funny seeing the uh, the supporters get a, you know, murmur a little bit in the background when they're just, yeah, playing a bit of boring footy and not daring. <laughs> oh, no no love lost for them, that's for sure. I think one other thing I think the D certainly tied it up in the first few minutes was just their kicking to their forwards. I think they're never kicking to the advantage of our forwards always always being the behind. And uh, Barras and 
and McGovern certainly got on top of a couple of key contests there. So McGovern's not not shy of throwing his weight around and he's sort of pretty evident in that first half there. So that's something that certainly, I think, looked to lower the eyes a little bit and making sure that they had good forward half connection with their forwards. Benny Brown also chimed in for a couple as well too, which has been great start. And otherwise, a, a reasonable spread. you got Petrarca with one, McDonald with one, Fritch with one. Uh, Jackson had a pretty good gettable shot. I mean, Jackson mind you, has played a fantastic first quarter and first half as well, except for keeping the ball in and almost cost us a goal in that yeah. second quarter as well. So, but it's good because he actually learned straight away from that mistake. I yeah. think Stephen May was giving him a bake, but actually on the commentary, Jordy Lewis was like, oh, you know, if if he's not telling himself, I think Stevie May will let him know about it. So, yeah. yeah. That was Plus something about uh, not trying pineapple till he was 18. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, interesting read. Interesting read. <laughs> but, how, like, Jackson's delivery to Ben Brown, I thought, on, oh, on the run there was fantastic. Nice. Imagine having a two-meter two meter player, 100 kegs, just being able to hit that, you know, that hit-up kick. It's, yeah, it's something pretty special. And, yeah, I suppose... Him playing and doing well over in Perth is a little bit, you know, alarming because <laughs> it kind of, yeah. Nothing to worry about. Yeah. Nah, Nothing to worry about. Let's hope not. But let's, look, let's look ahead to the second half, mate. Key things that you want sort of the Ds to come out. and Yeah, I think just making sure that they've got that good forward half connection. I think West Coast certainly lifted their forward pressure a little bit and sort of forced us to make a few hurried kicks and we we're turning the ball over a little bit as well too at that stage. So I think just no doubt we're going to come out. We, we know we have a great reputation for our third quarters. We're going to come out there and hopefully just put, yeah, put the foot down and really kind of, yeah, let's, let's try and pile on a few goals and, and then looking in at that last quarter just to coast and, and take it easy as well too. Looking after the corridor a couple of times where it's been opened up a little bit and they've been able mm. to waltz through. Kelly, Kelly's been slaughtering us through there. He's been yeah. running everywhere through well, this, he, so. he had 13 touches in that first quarter so he's certainly somebody that we just got to keep an eye on as well i mean he hasn't had a great season so far but yeah he's certainly somebody that can catch fire and and yeah you don't want that to happen given how many star players they are missing as well and yeah i'd just keep up the intensity i think just keep up full pressure that we do i think cozy neil bullen's been fantastic i think his work has been his ball use has been absolutely impeccable as we know from him as well too and our last line of defence has still probably saved us a couple of goals in that second quarter as well. I think May, Petty's made a couple of good spoils as well too, and Bowie's been pretty busy up back as well. So, yeah, I, I just and a quick mention as well, I think Lieber took a couple of nice intercept marks that first half. I think the best he's looked so far, except for that first, <laughs> oh, what was it, the first kick. His first kick that he did, and then he, he literally repaid that straight away with intercepting that That's mark. Right. So, what about you, mate? Anything that stands out? Oh, I think just, yeah, putting them to the sword, I think it'll be good. I think just, yeah, real getting that game moving and just, yeah, put their defenders under a bit of pressure. And like you said at the start, I mean, I, I completely saw it as well. I don't know why we keep kicking them at McGovern and Barras, but yeah. it's, more, it's more the position of the kick and just making sure our forwards can bring it to ground. And look what happened when it come to ground. You had our smalls, you know, you know Cozzies and... And these players just getting at their feet and, you know, getting reward on the scoreboard. Um, if you want to be really technical about what's going on as well for myself personally, um, I'd like some more Melbourne players to get on the scoreboard for my multi as well. So that can be <laughs> Who one. Who do you need can, to jump uh, on there? I do have Bailey Fritch most goals. So he's hit the scoreboard once. Go through to the mail. I've got about four different ones, ones on. Well, these players, I need uh, Gorney, Neil Bullen, Fritch kick two and Gorney to kick. Oh, sorry. Gorney kick two, not one. So, yeah. Yeah, it'd be good for to see Gorney get some reward up forward. Um, That's all right. He imposed but, um, himself that second quarter. Yeah, he, he was all right in the first first yeah. quarter, but 
you know, I think Clary's work inside the stoppage and just, I think, just actually seeing Melbourne dominate the clearance battle. I mean, obviously West Coast are under man in there, but, you know, actually seeing it happen and actually look like a hit out to go in the right areas. Yeah. And, you know, they, they were showing at the start of um, the start of the game how they were how spread out of a stoppage and, you know, our space around our clearance actually, you know, has changed rather than everyone going for the same footy. It's, it's amazing how that's evolved and you can definitely see the cohesion between Clean Oliver and Track. Yeah, and they've both they've both had an exceptional first half as well too. Use their pure brute strength to break through tackles, and I think Viney's had a couple of nice moments as well. You could say that West Coast certainly got on top of possession and inside fifties in that second quarter as well too. Just started to own the ball a little bit, and I think yeah, a big factor in us sort of slowing down our scoring as well too. So I can see us coming out after half time. I think Goody would have a pretty consistent message out there to make sure that we yeah. Keep it up. I think the time in forward half, especially at quarter time, was was very advantageous Huge. to us. So eighteen to three inside fifties, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, he wanted he wanted keep that up and, and and see a return to that after the second quarter. So yeah, no, no, it's an entertaining first half. Pretty much bang on what we probably thought. Uh, you know, the margin forty two points at half time. Even the fact that we didn't kick much in the second quarter, we'll we'll, we'll still take that for a half time score and and lead heading into the third. So. Uh, exactly. Not nah, looking forward to it, mate. And yeah, we'll jump on afterwards and and hear your post game thoughts after that. And I'll try and figure out if I can, I don't know, get some comments from the from the fans in between. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Before <laughs> before we do um, finish up and get back into the third quarter, um, what's your what's your what do you reckon is going to happen next? I think we'll we're about a player to stand out. Who's I reckon me personally, I reckon Petrarch will kick we we'll kick two in this this half. I reckon he'll finish with about thirty and three. I reckon. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. I'd like to see Jackson get on the end of a couple. I think just the the way that he kind of started off really out of the gates. We know, yeah, what sort of player he is. He's damaging all around the ground. And I think that maybe it is. Maybe it is that kind of flair that he brings on when he plays at home in Perth. But uh, yeah, I, I'd like to see him get on top of like one or two goals down there as well too. Um, so yeah, can look to him to see continue his good run uh, form. Lastly, could we replicate the three goals or two goals in the space of a minute? No, <laughs> not that'll never happen again. All nice. right, let's do it. Third quarter starts in one minute and fifteen seconds. I will see you after the match. All right, Simo. Well, we are back. It is full time over at Optus Stadium. The siren has rung, and the D's are victorious by seventy-four points. I think it's probably even to say that it was far from pretty, but that last quarter we were able to just go full throttle, whack on seven goals, and yeah, put put the Eagles back in their place. I think it was, uh, yeah, I kind of we we spoke at halftime and we sort of thought the Dees would come out the third quarter and and you know do what we normally do and and run over them in that third quarter, but again, it kind of the Eagles kind of dragged us down to their level, and credit to them, they they turned into a bit of a slop, didn't they? Yeah, 100%. I think, well, it's, again, the positive about it, all that with the stale second and third quarter was we still won the third quarter, so that record continues now to 8-1. and one. Um, But, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head, mate. We were basically the opposite of what we thought. Anyway, it, was, it, was a weird, it was weird viewing the second and third because I feel like at some stage we are just going to turn on the Jets and just say sayonara. Again, squandered opportunities. We started kicking in accurately. But then, you know, once, once we actually started lowering your eyes and not mucking about with the footy, which 
still ended up doing in the last quarter, which was interesting to see. The, the Petrarca cock-up, where we had people just lining up for a handball the whole time, it was yeah pretty interesting to see. But the way we finished off was pretty pleasing. I think, you know, I said um, during last week's pod that, you know, probably any any margin similar to the Giants game I'd be pretty happy with. So we've got that plus seven um, with a 74-point win. Pretty similar margin to the last time we played at uh, Optus Stadium over the Doggies and the Granny. So, um, and to kudos to the Ds too, the biggest uh, win against the Eagles. Um, so, yeah, pleasing to uh, to give them a bit of a hiding, which they deserved. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think, yeah, West Coast fans, and they talked it up in the media as well, they're going to come away thinking, you know, I suppose winning or at least breaking even for two quarters against the reigning premiers. But I think Melbourne did look a little subpar at times and is it a little bit rich to be picky at such things? But I do think that we spoke at half time. Our disposal, I thought, was reasonably ordinary, you know, at, at moments. And then going inside 50 again sort of proved to be a room for improvement for sure. And it wasn't until that last quarter where things started to sort of click in. But I think James Harms had a couple of pretty poor inside 50s as well. We had Jaden Hunt who ended up costing us a goal because he... He just he needed to know when to absorb the tackle, and he handballed it out in order to try not to get pinged for holding the ball, even though he had no prior. There's just a couple of little things like that, and yeah, probably some of the decisions coming out of defensive fifty as well too. I think the Eagles did a great job of really just bringing the intensity at the start of that third quarter, kind of carrying on from where they left off at the end of the second. There was just probably a few uncharacteristic moments in that third quarter where yeah, Melbourne probably just. Let's just say we stooped to their level, I think, a little bit as well. Think about Clayton Oliver. I think that his first half was, was pretty amazing, but I think that his second half was actually pretty Very quiet. Cool. Mm. Yeah, so Jordy Lewis, as we mentioned earlier before, was probably a little bit critical of Melbourne as well too. Just sort of thought that might have expected a little bit more from the Premiers, a bit more of a clinical showing and being able to put these guys to the sword. But it was nice to see at the end in that last quarter that we could really just, yeah, finally steamroll them and, and, and slam on seven goals. Because you look at it, kick six goals in the first, seven goals in the last, and then you've got a combined three goals in the quarters two and three. So... Some interesting points there. Yeah, the only other thing I sort of wanted to whinge about in the third quarter, I think Tommy Sparrow, we love him, very much a favourite of the pod. I think his game was not his best, and he definitely got pinged for holding the ball at least three times tonight. And yeah, whether you mentioned earlier that it could have been that knock to the head, but yeah, just had some some indecisive moments, I think, and did a couple of nice things as well, don't get me wrong. But yeah, a couple of players out there that certainly didn't play their best game, but... Again, we're nitpicking. We're nine and zero. The the streaks out to sixteen consecutive wins. Bowie's still the undefeated champion of the world. Now, and, or, or now, can we talk about Bowie? Because yeah. which that that was a very interesting hit by Ryan, and I think he covered up his hit with that hamstring or the icing of hamstring. I reckon that was really really interesting that hit, and I think actually I I, I can't believe he actually got up. The way he did, it looked yeah, far it looked worse. Bad. But then, yeah, it did look bad the way he sort of his head went back and everything. But yeah, he bounced up and just kept going, which was really surprising. What does he? What does he get? He's got a copper couple at least. Liam, uh, probably one, I reckon. Just more so, he's probably got a, the thing that's going for him. Probably because he got back up and started playing again. And this is but, and this is what's wrong with the system is that they're penalising the outcome of the action and not the action itself. And I know it's been it you know, over and over again, like a broken record in the media, it's, but yeah. it is. 
it's hard. Yeah, well, it's intentional. Yeah, it could be yeah, possibly two, but I mean, it, you know, if Bowie goes out, then yeah, he's probably looking for even three. That's it was yeah, it wasn't a great look. But then if you compare that and also the Chandler one, I mean, poor Chandler, yeah. he's beside himself just watching a replay. It's like he couldn't, you know, he was just hoping that um, Foley was okay. So. Yeah, he'll be unlucky. He'll get a week for that, just more so purely based on the rule and the, the stance they have on that, unfortunately. It's one of those things. And to even continue with sort of, you know, the discretions of things in the AFL, let's talk about Christian Petrarca and that, uh, you know, the five-meter protective rule with uh, McGovern. What do you think of that? Yeah, he, he certainly got away with it in that sense. I think McGovern certainly had the right to question the decision. Now, on the other side of that, I think... The way McGovern acted, and don't get me wrong, he was he had he had a point to make, but still, doesn't this again prove that this whole dissent rule again is just piss poor, inconsistent umpiring and adjudication by the umpires? Like waving his arms about, having to go at the umpire, doesn't well, compare, even bat an eyelid. Let's compare that to the Buku Karmas one. On, did you say that one on Friday night? Where I didn't. No, I clearly didn't. pushed in the back, and he just sort of just he just did this. But yeah. he wasn't looking at the umpire and thing. He was just. So when you say did this, send if the you mark. describe to the listeners because they can't okay. see what Sorry. you're <laughs> Sorry, mate. He just put his hands up, but he yeah. put his hands up on the mark, but like just smiling, like like you've got to be kidding. He didn't say a word. He just he just smiled and looked yeah. just baffled as to what happened. And then the reaction after there was a fifty meter penalty. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, no. What the hell is going on? That's wild. That's wild. I don't know. They've got to sort that out. But I'm sick of whinging about the umpires. I feel like we've done that a little bit in the last <laughs> last few weeks. Yeah. All right, Simo. Well, before we get on to the fourth quarter, let's just run through a few of the key contributors for the game. So if we look at ball winners, you had Oliver with 29. You've got Track with 8 and also the two goals, 4 as well too. Viney with 27. James Jordan with 27. Brayshaw with 24. Langdon with 24. So some key ball winners there. Our goal kickers, Tom McDonald, again, second week in a row. Well, no, let's not say second. Probably strung three good games now of some consistent form and getting on the scoreboard as well. So he, he led all goal kickers with four goals, one. Pickett with three goals, two, and the 20 touches as well, too. Fritter with three. So unfortunately, your multi probably lost out there with T-Mac just uh, sneaking up yeah, in the great. last quarter. Uh, and then Petrarca and Benny Brown for a couple as well, too. So, yeah, some some great reward and some output from our forwards, if, especially if you're looking at Pickett, our talls, McDonald, Fritch, and Brown kicking the nine goals between them. That's that's a pretty good return as well, too. Pretty even spread as well. Well, as stated before, saying that Petrarca will get 30-3, and three, I was pretty close, mate. 28-2-4. and two, four. There you go. He's uh, shot himself in the foot there. Could have, uh, could have even kicked a bag on track. Yeah. No, he played. He played a fantastic game. Some, uh, yeah, probably back to more questionable things. Best. Back yeah, to, back to his. Yeah, he was. Really, he was really exploding out of the stoppage and everything. Just more so, just yeah, getting back to those those first three rounds sort of form. I think he's yeah. definitely back. I, I suppose you know that finishing would just come back. Um, you know, the more he plays, the more more he gets back into that that finishing way. I think. Yeah, I think it's just more so just having pot shots here and there. So. Yeah, that changes around and kicks the bag next week. Eight tackles as well for a track, which is, yeah, really impressive as well too. Uh, Let's look at the last quarter, mate. It's, yeah, started again kind of a little bit under siege and, yeah, West Coast, again, bringing that pressure and sort of making the ball a bit of a scrap. 
then. But yeah, we were just able to sort of kick on from there. Flurry of seven goals. There were some great sort of instances. There was a great handball chain that led to, Ooh. I think, T-Mac's third goal. I don't know how we got it through a couple of those run-throughs, but far out, like, which, it was one of the best. Like the best. Which handball <laughs> you like the best? Which handball you like the best out of all? Oh, I don't know. It was, yeah, it was one of the best passages of the play for the night, I would say. Um, now you're going to try and make me remember who was involved It'd have in that to be chain. Spargo's look away over the shoulder. It'd have to be Spargo's look away over the shoulder. Because I think yeah, his handball was the one that broke it open. Yeah, incredible. Now that it, that just typifies the way we move the footy. You know, having our strongest line defence and mid, I think just and we even know you can. Well, Spargo is not a, a mid, but more so where we are positioned on the ground, where we transfer the footy um, and get sides. You know, from that back half, especially on the spread, we just really you know we run we run really good lines and good channels to. To, you know, to really get teams on the back foot. And, you know, it's pretty hard to defend if you've got you know, players charging the goal. So, that's yeah, right. that's D's footy. It certainly is. I think a couple of other highlights I thought was Jack Viney's hit up of Fritch in that late in that last quarter. I thought was I couldn't believe it was him. Amazing. I thought it was someone else. I was like, that wasn't Jack Viney, was it? That's the best I, kick he's done in his career. I, look, let, let's just hold on to him for a minute because I thought that he played an outstanding game. I think that his intensity and his tackling was doing everything that he needed to to get the ball forward at times, whether it was tapping, whether it was, you know, the tackling, just him standing out for Bowie as well too. Yeah, for me, he was one of the standouts tonight and it was great to see him sort of perform on all assets as well too. I think hard running. Again, like he's still, his pace still surprises me at times. He's, he's certainly not the quickest just, on our team, but he just, just when he really needs good. to. It's really good seeing him. He's actually his body holding up now, which yeah. is, you know, obviously he's had a few years where you know had the foot problems and everything. And yeah, I'm just happy he's getting a really good run at it now. And you know, it's just transferring to really good play in him. And I think having Choco Williams come on board, it's got to be helping with the kicking. Like we've had many yeah. of these blokes that you know couldn't hit the side of a barn door. Now that you know, I mean, even your Jaden Hunts as well, like. Yeah, he him running at full pace trying to hit a target was you know, pretty interesting to watch at times. But <laughs> yeah, to see Viney hitting kicks inside fifty when you know kicking on his you know, his best asset, and to see it now being used, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty unreal. That's it. That's it. And one last player I want to touch on before we finish up this segment here, Cosy Pickett. I think got us off on the right foot and continued his form in the last quarter as well. I think everybody kind of had, yeah an average quarters two and three where we didn't get a lot of the ball and we weren't winning a lot of it. It wasn't inside our forward half a lot and that's in that second and third quarter, but I still think that he was able to yeah push through and, and really kind of take back control in that last quarter as well too with a couple of really nice plays and being able to get on the scoreboard again as well too, which was fantastic. It'd be interesting to see stats from quarter one and four because I know his second quarter he was quiet, but you know, eight eight touches, two goals in the first quarter. I reckon he probably had Another eight and a goal in the fourth. Like he was, he was bloody everywhere in those two quarters. It'd be really cool to see those stats of his. We can um, check that. I'll, I'll touch on him later on. Yeah. Giving you away my little, uh, <laughs> little later on, but we'll. I haven't told you how many points you'll get for the. Uh, no, the award, no, so. you haven't. No, no, you didn't. Uh, yeah, so we managed to finish off that quarter with yeah the 13 inside 50s to eight of west coast and then kicked seven goals two in that last quarter which was yeah a nice pleasing way i think if we ran out and won by six goals it probably probably be feeling a little bit disappointed there but yeah, definitely 
again, just with that opportunity to try and whack on some percentage and also just take advantage of a side that's not not very cohesive at the moment. They're, they're all over the shop in regards to a number of different issues that's going on over there and we've got no sympathy for them whatsoever in the in the fact that, that that they're not the team that they used to be anymore but it would have been I think it would have been disappointing to walk out of there with a five or six goal win after the first quarter and not having capitalized on that I think is that snobby to say do you think uh, well, <laughs> one of those things where I'm like well you know to be honest it it, it, it had to happen I think yeah there was, there was a lot of commentary saying you know Melbourne's like hasn't really been this year, especially like defensively. Haven't been we haven't been as sound as last year at this stage. But that's just gonna that's gonna it's gonna grow. Yeah. Like we've shown defensively, okay. we can, you know, for you know whether it be two or three quarters rather than four, but we show for two or three quarters that you know the, our best defensive brand. Like good luck trying to pick through and you know try and score against us because when that pressure's up, that ball's living in our forward half. And you know look what happened in the first last quarter. We we show four quarters of that, then good luck getting passes. Yeah, I don't know if that's why, a way to be a little bit arrogant about it, but I think it's just you know I think that's just the fact and the way our system holds up to to what other teams are trying to do. Well, that's it, and I suppose you're looking at teams that have played them in the previous weeks. You know, you've got Brisbane beating them last week up at the Gabba by 75. You got Richmond beating them by 109 the week before. Port by 84 the week before. Sydney by 63. Yeah, and and then obviously West Coast beat Collingwood the previous week before that. So we can't complain too much. And well, that's that wraps up the match, mate. It was uh, yeah, new new for us, new experience for us, and a little yeah. bit of a different format, but good to change say, it up. Yeah, kind of like flying solo. It was just yeah, just chatting about the game and like yeah, zing. That's interesting. it. It's good. I suppose yeah. What the biggest difference is probably for me. I, I generally try and watch it again before before we jump on. So sort of having only that one watch and sort of letting a lot of that the stats and a lot of the plays that are consolidated a little bit, depending on whether you've been at the game or not. Or yeah. Mm. So yeah, no, something to try a little bit different, but we're going to keep on with our next segment, our hop in delightful display. It is time for the hop and delightful display. Now let's go through my first one. One one vote goes to someone that's actually really surprised me looking at the statue, and that's James Jordan for one vote. He's he's had twenty seven. You know, getting a fair bit of footy, and you know, being the second fiddle to Langdon. I mean, doesn't get as much kudos, but he's probably been averaging around that twenty mark. And you know, if if Langdon's out of the game, then he can come into it and yeah, start you know owning that wing as well on the opposite side. Nice one. Not been solid all season this year, mate. So, no, definitely worthy there. My one vote goes to Tom McDonald. I still think that, yeah, being that spearhead up forward provided us with a great target tonight and he's strung together now three weeks of good form and, and getting on the scoreboard as well too. So credit to him because his spot was in jeopardy and obviously coming back through the VFL a few weeks ago. So well done to T-Mac and, yeah, was able to convert really well tonight too. Yeah, it's good to he's kicked nine in three weeks, which is you know something we want to keep seeing, I suppose. Um, my two vote goes to Jack Viney. That was a very close toss up with this one, but two votes for this bloke. He's you know, he's had the 27, 28, 12 tackles, just 
an all-round game and, you know, his defensive side was really, really sound tonight. And it was funny actually watching when he uh, when Greg Clark, the second gamer, come after him and then there was a passage where he had a chance to line him up and got him with a ripper tackle. So, yeah, well done to Jack Varney. Doppelganger, some may say. Some, <laughs> some might not say. say. <laughs> uh, my two votes goes to Cozzy Pickett. I'd, again, for the second week in a row, really set the tone for, the, well, that quarter at least. But I think just his all-round game now and his being, being able to, I suppose, sustain some good form throughout the four quarters and, and really making his presence felt. So, again, he was able to get some reward on the scoreboard and do some great things with ground ball gets and just being able to set up a couple of people as well too. So, again, another really pleasing performance by Cozzy. Perfect choice. And then I'm going to piggyback on this. Cosy Pickett is my three-vote of the week. He was exceptional. Um, a small forward to have 20 touches and three snags, I think just not only that, you know, just when he got it, it looked like he was going to just absolutely destroy the, the opposition. And what, what? when did he have his impact? And to see the first and fourth quarter, he's had 15 touches and three goals across those two quarters. So, yeah, pretty unreal. And look, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, if... If he could string four quarters of that sort of stuff as a small forward, oh, you'd be feeling the statue. Feeling your boots, as some of the commentators were saying. <laughs> Had a rip a couple of weeks, and again, just watching him continue to grow is so exciting for fans, and, and I'm sure the players around him would just be loving every second playing with him as well too. My three votes goes to Jack Viney, so we've, we've kind of run a similar theme here. I, I think he just really was the catalyst you know, apologies to Petrarca and Oliver, who certainly got us going. And Petrarca had a really good four quarters. But I just think Viney, it was one of those games where he just really led from the front. You know, that leadership shining through. I think just the co-captain, he sort of slides under the radar, I think. Has probably a little bit this season, just with all the other big names standing up. And I just love to see his intensity and his tackling. And yeah, we mentioned that field kick. I mean, that was incredible. That kind of just capped it right off as well too. But he was doing all the dirty work, just making sure he was in and around the contest, making sure killing the ball when it needed to be killed and yeah, laying some really good tackles as well too. So great to see him yeah, have a really dominant performance and I'm sure that'll be lauded as well within the club. People are only commenting on what they see, um, but internally, it's Fagazi. No, I can't, but it's uh, it's goes something like Fagazi, it's Wizzy, it's Wazzy. Don't have to do that one this week, mate. It's all in there. One week at a time, mate. It is that time of the week where we and I get to share my oppo analysis of the cyberversing. One of my favourite things to do, I'm always liking what's going on in the AFL. So being able to share what's going on, being able to match up, going across there is pretty cool to share. Um, so coming up against North Melbourne, 4.30 Saturday afternoon at Marvel Stadium. Now, in recent times, mate, this has actually been a pretty happy hunter, hunting ground for the Ds. So can't remember the last time we played in front of a crowd at Marvel. Matty Brown's 150th against the old foe, hoping that he comes out and is able to get on the scoreboard and you know really show how much they're missing him and yeah, how much how much value we've got from him at the club now. And yeah, this is another one of those games very similar to this week against the Eagles where you know we're probably going to do the same thing, just to really flex the muscles and uh, let's put them to the sword. It'd be nice. It'd be nice to, yeah, this is again a side that, you know, in our dark days, we couldn't beat. It was, I think there might've been time where it might've been 15 times in a row 
uh, much like St Kilda, we just couldn't get over them. So, again, we owe these blokes and, yeah, hoping we get a, you know, nice 10-plus goal win, which would be really nice. Definitely, definitely. I think something we forgot to touch on before was James Harms' hamstring injury. It'd be interesting to see the severity of that because, I guess, looking at our teams, he's probably looking like our only force change, albeit that there's nothing wrong with Bowie. Hopefully, he comes over unscathed. Sparrow also passed a con- concussion test as well, too, after his head knock. So, fingers crossed that there's no other changes there. But, unluckily for Harms, it, it probably at least a couple of weeks on the sideline, you'd think. So, I'd be looking at maybe Melksham or something or come mm-hmm. back in. I think Melksham did nothing wrong when he came in the other week, played his role, and proved that he could play at this level, I think was pretty impressive unless unless there's anyone else you can think of that you, that would come in. Jacob Van Ruden. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly like for like. We'd love to see him bag six today in the in Casey after beating the yeah, VW the North Melbourne. Seventeen points or something, just an absolute dismantling. Yeah. No, definitely. No, it would be great to see him there. But I don't know. Is is there anyone else that I'm missing from Casey? Can we is there anyone else that would come yeah. in? It's a yeah, it's a it's a fine line, isn't it? I mean, you look at your Bedford's potent like I mean, obviously he's been so close, you know, Chandler being elevated to sub or elevated from sub, but yeah, he probably gets a week, so it's probably not in the frame. But yeah, I think yeah, Melksham definitely like the like. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Bedford gets a run actually. Yeah. Knowing that, you know, he's done pretty well. When he has had his opportunities, it's just a matter of, you know, timing and everything. And unfortunately with the plot the cattle have got you know, for him to find a spot, it's you know, an injury or you know, suspension needs to come about for that to have, for him to come to the side. And the same with Melksham as well, which is you know a bit disappointing considering what he used to bring to the club and you know be able to you know pinpoint a pass at head height from fifty. I think you know it'd be cool to or see that sort goal. of up again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or kick for goal at head height for fifty. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I just, I just remember about that Hawthorne game, you know, in 2018. He just, he just tore the place apart. But yeah, I, I think probably him, him is probably the most logical choice. I, I don't, I haven't checked the stats to see what he did, but potentially could Luke Dunson come back in the side. He's another yeah, one. Yeah, well, that's true. You know, yeah. but then again, he's only had low, low numbers in the VFL. Like, you know, but, yeah. you know, what's his best position? And yeah, just get the job done this week. And yeah, my prediction, like I said, probably around the 10 goal mark. Yep. Yep, we'll take that for sure. 10 and 0. All right, 10 and 0. Well, that's it for another week, mate. First time trialling, uh, yeah, immediate post-match halftime chat, which is which is good. So hopefully the fans have, yeah, enjoyed something a little bit different. Just before we finish up on this week's game, we just got a couple of fan points from Instagram just on short notice. Adzi37 says that we were 10 goals short of what was expected. So again, we're playing that fine line. Are we being a little bit selfish when we're saying, you know, a 74-point win isn't good enough? But I think if we walked out 30-point winners, I would have, wouldn't have probably been as satisfied. Felt like that we could have capitalized on more. I don't know. What do you think of that? 10 goals short, 74 mm. points. That that means it's 134 <laughs> point. hiding. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. It's, uh, they weren't that bad. Like, they... they Probably couldn't kick a score, but they certainly they certainly brought the contest at times. Yeah, that occur. So from Mel Archer uh, says the goal to point ratio is horrible. So yeah, not not our most accurate. What sixteen sixteen? I don't know something along those lines. But yeah, there were certainly some missed opportunities there for sure. 
All right, well, thanks to all of our listeners. A big thanks to our sponsors in Hophand Brewing and Valley Electrical Group. You can find our podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms. Please rate, subscribe, and review our podcast on any of those. Simo, thanks for another week, mate. Just another day's win. It's just, uh, yeah, another week of day's win. train rolling. This is, <laughs> this is just, oh, it, it's, yeah. I don't know, what, what is it like to lose it again? Oh, oh. It's... Yeah, what what it'll be interesting having a pod, you know, if we do lose a game because, yeah, it's going to be. If we a, do lose a game, we do, no, I don't know. <laughs> Have a listen, dear. It's no, you know, that's why we won't won't make it time. You can't look too far ahead. Ah, uh, there it's, is. It's yeah, there yeah. is. I don't know. It's it's still yeah. You just got to ride the wave. You just got to enjoy it. So that's yeah, enjoy it, Deeds fans, because yeah, it, it still amazes me. To be honest, never thought we'll get to this point. No, no, that's exactly right. No, we're just. Keep appreciating every little moment that we can, and yeah, it is what it is. But most importantly, D's fans, go the D's. Up the D's.